the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, we will break down the news about minor league baseball's realignment, the Big Ten bends over backwards for Ohio State, LSU makes a huge sacrifice, and the Browns are surging at the right time. Later, we will make our quick picks of the week and fantasy football heads to the playoffs. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. Mayamo Mac. <laughs> wow. You're really appealing to our international listeners there. I like it. You're goddamn um, right I am. <laughs> and I am Heather. I don't know. I'm just I'm just here for the foolishness, Lewis. Yes. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. How are we doing this week, and do I even need to ask? I'm only here so I don't get fined. All right, that's it. <laughs> yeah, with I'm sorry, fined with what? Like, Can you just let me have a Marshawn Lynch moment there, Heather? Okay, you know what? Fine. Take it. Take it. <laughs> I've had better days, but I'm not going to complain because I've got uh, an adult beverage and my friends here to give our horrible takes on sports. Uh, And then at the end of the episode, I'll be embarrassed by how poorly I pick football teams to win games. (laughs) So same day, different underwear, maybe. I don't wear that, Heather, but continue on. You know what? So there you go. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's dive right in. Right in! <laughs> My, Major right League Baseball the announced the long-awaited realignment of minor league baseball today. Uh, after contracting the minors to 120 teams, the new affiliate affiliations were released. Most oh, surprising wow. for us was our hometown Fayetteville Woodpeckers being downgraded to the Astros' low-A club while the Asheville Tourists were bumped up to the high-A. Why? I'm going to tell you why right the fuck now. Okay. I've been thinking about this all day. I've looked at that whole fucking list like 20 times. They did away with the New York Penn League. So there's no more rookie ball. They turned all that shit into a college wood bat league. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is like swamp dog shit. Mm. Now keep in mind. Keep in mind. That those old stadiums, but I shouldn't even call them old, okay? But those teams now are going from, like, I watched the Mahoney Valley Scrappers, which was the uh, Cleveland Indians affiliate, the New York Penn League, where CC Sabathia got his start. I got to see him pitch there, okay? And that put asses in seats. And granted, they're not the biggest stadiums, but let's face it, we've all been to Swamp Dogs games, okay? The reason... All right. And this is just me postulating. So if for some ungodforeseen reason, Major League Baseball wants to put in a little algorithm into a search engine and is like, is anybody talking shit about us tonight after we fucked a whole bunch of cities? Uh, this is my theory. Asheville's been around since the 1930s. That team has been a functioning team since the 30s. OK. OK. That is why they got the bump up. 
Mm. We have the new guys in town. Okay. And on top of that, on top of that, our woodpeckers are in a league that was dissolved. Right. The South Atlantic and uh, it was a South Atlantic and and another league were completely done away with and then kind of merged together. Okay. Yeah, so, I think it was the Carolina League or something like that. I, I believe you're correct, Tim. I can't, I can't, I can't remember all of them. Okay, but that is why. You know, um, I think it's horrible uh, what Major League Baseball did to Minor League Baseball. I think it's awful. Um, I hate the whole deal. I hate that there are. I mean, look at what they did to Trent, New Jersey. That was a Double A team. That has to become one of those wood bat college leagues now. Yeah, is that the league that the uh, the Frederick Keys are in? Um, yeah, because Frederick got dropped too. Frederick was in the Carolina League with the Woodpeckers. Yeah, so I mean, there the the whole thing stinks. It's bullshit. Okay, it, it's literally Major League Baseball throwing its jock around, and they're getting away with it because these minor league teams. Uh, were essentially knuckled under because the owners were like, okay, if you don't want to play ball, we'll just withhold money then. You know? And let's face it, these minor league teams, all their stadiums for the most part are publicly funded. Right. They're funded by the, the towns and the, and the cities they play in. As we know all too well here in Fayetteville. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you look at Burlington, and you guys have heard me talk about Burlington before. They, they play at a high school stadium. Right. You know? But... I mean, Jim Tomey played in Burlington when it was an Indians affiliate. You know, like, I, I just, I, I'm, the, I'm the guy that, like, rails against tradition all the time. And, and affiliates, they change teams all the time, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, that was a big, uh, you know, that was a source of income for the town of Burlington, North Carolina. That was a source of income for Frederick, Maryland. And Major League Baseball essentially told these small cities and towns to go fuck themselves, um, you know, because they they wanted to restructure for what's best for them. So, you know, Manfred, once again, go fuck yourself. And now <laughs> I'm off my soapbox and you two can have the floor. Well, it's OK. We'll, we'll, we'll be putting you right back onto that soapbox. Yeah, here in a I'm minute. Yeah. But I was going to concede the floor to you anyways for it. So, I mean, it's fine. The, the, the sad thing is, Tim, you hit the nail on the head on the Facebook post. We went from seeing guys that were going to be with the team two, maybe three years mm-hmm. uh, to where fans can get acclimated and kind of, you know, hey, that's my favorite woodpecker to now where the low end. So you're either going to have 18 year old, 18 and 19 year old kids who will one of two things will happen. Actually, one of three things will happen, okay? The first is he's going to smoke, just smoke low ball pitching and get immediately called up within the first month in the next season, okay? Yeah. Second is he sticks around, uh, but he doesn't make a dent, and he's he's essentially Bull Durham. He floats around the minors, gets as high as AAA, and that's all she wrote. Or you have a dude who sits there and gets passed around like a fucking joint at a reggae fucking concert, uh, you know, throughout the, you know, all the various minor league affiliates and, and no one ever puts time into them, you know, because let's face it, Major League Baseball has a draft that's like 740 rounds, uh, oh, you know, with God. 30 teams. 
I mean, it's not 740, but it's long as fuck, Heather. Like, yeah, it's, it's something it's, like 50 rounds or something Jesus insane like Christ. that. No. Yeah. yeah no. So you, you never really get a warm and fuzzy with these with these players. So I, I just first off, I'm still going to go to again. I'm referring back to your Facebook post. I'm still going to go to Woodpecker's games because I yep. like the atmosphere. I like the stadium. Um, and keep in mind that's barring if we actually get a fucking vaccine that works and no one's going to cough in my face and give me Corona. Um, and I'm so bummed. I didn't get, the, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to go. Yeah. Well, you'll just have just to come it. back for a little bit. I, yeah. That's, I, I could see that on my PTO request form. Yeah. Um, I'm going to fly over to Fayetteville, North Carolina. Oh, what are you going to do? Yeah. I'm going to go watch, you know, just a woodpeckers game. Uh, you're going to bring your husband back here with you and you're going to hang out with your friends. And we just so happen to go to a baseball game. It's okay. Called vacation. Yeah. Yes. Friend <laughs> vacationing in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a touristy hotspot. All right. Now we're going to go, uh, uh, pardon the interruption, Tim, uh, next. All let's right. Let's get back right back onto his soapbox because the NHL is moving forward with their plan or they're making progress to start their shortened season. Uh, current tentative start date for the league is January 13th. Now here's the kick in the pants. My friends, January 13th is almost like the drop dead last day to start because you know what got postponed until July 2021. The Winter Olympics. Oh, yeah. Oh, Guess oh God, that's gonna, really going to throw off no, the, the Summer Olympics are. No, no, friend. No, 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 no the Winter friend. Olympics were supposed to happen this year. Yeah. What, in Hong Kong? Tim, I literally just read it. This is a big sticking point with the NHL and the NHLPA. Okay. Okay. The Winter Olympics is kicking off on July 23rd. Oh, God. Okay. Now, NHL players play in the Olympics. So they're going to have a very truncated season. Uh, We're definitely not getting 82. What I saw was anywhere from 50 to 62. Oh, it was. Um, I, I, I do want to so correct you. The yeah. Summer Olympics are in 2021. Winter Olympics are uh, midterm election years and Summer Olympics are presidential election years. This is according to CBS dot com. OK, I mean, I the I, 2022 Winter Olympics are in Beijing on 4 February. Uh, this is what it said. Oh, you're right. I read it wrong. My Thank bad, you. everybody. Oh. My bad. Thank you. I got the the TV deal mixed up. So everybody, pardon me. I had a bad day and I was wrong. But all right, now continue. The NHL is talking about going to yet another realignment, which was most recently done for the 13-14 season. With Division One being the Bruins, the Sabres, the Devils, the Islanders, the Rangers, the Flyers, the Penguins, the Capitals. Wait, 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 wait. So that that graphic that I saw today that had a Canadian division was real? Absolutely. Division two, the Hurricanes, the Blackhawks, the Blue Jackets, the Red Wings, the Panthers, the Wild, the Predators, the Lightning. Division three, the Anaheim Ducks, the Coyotes, the Avalanche, the Stars, the Kings, the Sharks, the Blues, the Golden Knights. And then we have the All Canada division. Now, this is being negotiated because of covid restriction on travel. Canada 
is still trying to figure out how they're going to let American players come to Canada. Um, considering they're not letting anybody from America into the fucking, you know, into Canada. So uh, it looks like it's probably going to be very division-heavy play, if uh, you can kind of tell. You'll probably get some out-of-division games. Um, the season's going to look a lot like Major League Baseball. Yes, it's going to be very division-heavy. Um, but from what the article said, okay, keep in mind, if I can get the damn thing to load. Thank you. Okay. So, Batman is trying to get this hammered through, and he's willing to be flexible. But he's asking the players to give up even more of their percentage of earnings. So, if you really think this is going to happen, I'm not holding my breath. Uh, I, I, I think they're going to have to, like, really... If the, start, the target start date is going to be the 13th, they're probably going to be negotiating till the 11th. Like, I really would put money on that. Um, because these guys, uh, I don't think you could ask the players to give up any more than they already are. Um, I think they did a great job with the bubble pro, you know, program that they had for the playoffs. Uh, they had low rates of COVID spread. Um, you know, so it's... I want them to start. I think that would be really, it would be nice to have another, uh, uh, you know, smart kickoff plan for the following season. But I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, they're they're trying to cut down on travel, but I mean, are you ready for the, uh, you know, the the often wanted for Detroit Red Wings, Carolina Hurricanes uh, rivalry games? Are you guys ready for that one? Well, I mean, there is a little bit of a history there between those teams. Yeah, not come on, man. No, not it, look at the first one: the Bruins, Sabers, Devils, Islanders, Rangers, Flyers, Penguins, Capitals. There's some rivals there, but you literally put Detroit Red Wings in with the Panthers, the Wild, the Predators. I mean, so, you- I mean, okay, so let let's look at that because I actually like this proposed division two central division, whatever you call it. You bring back the Blackhawks Red Wings rivalry. Okay. Um, Detroit and uh, Carolina have a history. They played in the Stanley Cup. Uh, in fact, I think that's who the Hurricanes beat in the Stanley Cup. The Wings? Yeah. When they won theirs like 15 years ago. Was? I know they won it 15 years ago, but they, I wasn't sure if they beat the Wings or not. I, believe, even then, I believe it was over the Wings. Yeah, but uh, that, that's not a real rivalry. So then you also get, uh, you know, Tampa Bay and Detroit have played well uh, or have have a little bit of a butting head, especially when um, Iserman went to be GM over there, uh, over in Tampa Bay. Yeah, but coaches and GMs in the NHL get recycled. Their their shelf life in each team is only like, what, 18 to 24 months. In fact, I think Iserman is actually the, the, the Red Wings GM now. Yeah, I thought he had an executive position. Like, he was in charge of, like, the whole shebang now. Uh, I don't remember where yeah, he's at, but he's, he's, I think he's with Detroit. Oh, uh, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely correct there, I think. What What's most interesting, though, is that immediately following this season, you're going to have to realign again anyway. Well, I mean, that's that's the weird thing. Like, why? 
You've because got another, 2020, the 2021, 2022 the season is when the Kraken start. Listen, yeah. and I'm so excited because then I get to actually join in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, even, if you, even if you keep the divisions as they are now, the Kraken make most sense in the Pacific. So somebody from the Pacific is going to have to move to the Central. There is no Pacific division. These things aren't really even ge- you know geographically lined no, up. No, I'm talking about th- the way they are before this proposed realignment. Oh, no. Yeah, but see, why even do it at that point? Like this is I hate the NHL for this shit because they seem to realign every five to six years. Right. You know. And, and I it, feel like that's a tangent you've gone on a few times on this podcast. So yeah, yeah, it's fucking weird. All right. Uh, keep in mind, I was upset when the Astros came to the American League. So uh. yeah. Such a well, curmudgeon sometimes. Continuing. Yeah, not, not today though. I'm in a right now. I'm I'm comfortably inebriated, so I'm gonna get it. <laughs> Continuing like soapbox episode. Let's move over to college football, uh, where the big news this week was that the Wolverines, Michigan Wolverines, due to COVID, uh, had to cancel the game against the Ohio State Buckeyes. This did put things into jeopardy for a while, and the Big Ten panicked. Yeah. Um, and essentially said rules don't fucking matter anymore. Uh, Ohio state gets to play in the big 10 championship despite not playing six games. Yeah. I mean, why make rules? Like, honestly, why, why have them? Okay. Uh, and I really cannot believe that I'm literally about to fucking say this and I hate myself for this just so you two know, but to be devil's advocate, uh oh! Stop it, Heather. Is she about to defend the Buckeyes? I think Ohio so. Ohio State University. Uh, this the, is just the, bleh, bleh. the Ohio um, State University. No, 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 no! Yeah, listen, she, no, listen. This is this is where you. This is. Don't take a mile, okay? <laughs> I'm giving you an inch here. All right. Is this is kind of circumstances beyond your control? Ish, so I can understand being like waiving that requirement. So yes, there were there were two reasons that were given for why, and neither of them are the truth. They're just what they are retroactively saying is the reason. Uh, one of those is even if Ohio State played Michigan this week and Michigan won. Ohio State would still have played for the Big Ten championship because Indiana loses that tiebreaker by factor of Ohio State already beat them. Yes. Number two bullshit reason is two of the three games that have been canceled were not because of Ohio State's coronavirus cases. They were the other school, and they're the only one who had games canceled that were not in their control again circumstances beyond your control nope that doesn't that doesn't pass the sniff test you want to know why hometown crowds own coastal carolina had a game canceled because the other team uh got some covid and they showed up i mean you're right but how many games no no no, but listen though but how many games has ohio state had canceled three three okay And And then how many games across the Big Ten have been canceled? They only need to play one more to be eligible, and this weekend is open. So I don't know. 
I saw this one. Call A and M. Call them up. Oh, they had like the like the yeah, Tinder match. Yeah, but then you have scene. to answer to Nebraska, who's already pissed off at you. Oh, who as the a, Big Ten? Who gives a shit about Nebraska? They are essentially the Tennessee of the Big Ten, a former powerhouse in the late '90s who no longer matters and is not relevant to the college football conversation. Okay, so so I read an interesting thing today, and it's it took up actually the bulk of my notes that I wrote down. So it says that if Ohio State can't find a conference opponent to replace Michigan on Saturday, it is still in line to secure a crucial conference title on December 19. If they don't, Ohio State would have one more opportunity to impress the committee on Champions Week when every team in the Big Ten will play one additional conference game. That scenario would make the fourth spot a more difficult choice, especially if Clemson beats Notre Dame in the ACC game and Florida beats Alabama in the SEC game. So, yeah, the way the way the Big Ten set things up uh, and they, they didn't really talk about this when they were talking about what to do with Ohio State is the, the weekend of the conference championship. Number one in the East plays number one in the West and number two plays number two and number three plays number three. Ohio State would play one of those games. Yeah. I don't it would probably in that case default to the number two. Um, But Northwestern is a much better opponent and therefore a much better mark on their schedule. Dude. Yeah. But come on, man. Uh, I I love what Fitzgerald's done up in Nerdville in Illinois, okay? But it's still fucking Northwestern, okay? It, it's still Northwestern. Um, even yeah, right now, that number two seed is Iowa. Yeah, I did. I, I just dude, line up another game this weekend. Like honestly, uh, you know, and you know, we we have adopted coastal, and you know that, but that that took, that took some balls to do. You had a game canceled on what, like Tuesday? Something by, like that. And by Thursday, you have another opponent lined up. Uh, fucking do it. Like, yeah. honestly. Like, well, and, well, and then looking beyond that, um, it said that it would be pretty straightforward if Alabama and Notre Dame both win because yeah. they would knock Clemson and Florida out. Yeah. But if one loses, the Buckeyes will be in discussion along with Texas A&M. Which is why you should play them this week. Yeah. And then, according to the head of the committee, he said then it becomes kind of like an eye test of everybody that's playing. And he says that the eye test is is a good thing because it's 13 sets of eyes with varying degrees of football experience. Or expertise, excuse me. Yeah, okay. So then that's how they would look at everything. Yeah, and you guys, and if anybody's wondering why I keep putting the playoff in fucking parentheses, that's it right there. Yep. There's a committee chairman with 12 other sets of eyeballs that has to look at teams to put it. They have to, no, but that's the thing, though, is that they have to watch almost every single yeah, but, game. But Heather, that's not a fucking playoff. It's gross what we have to do to make a champ here. I got you. I'm just listen. I'm just adding to the conversation here. Okay, he- Heather. It's first off to our you, conversation. 
you always add to the conversation, friend. Thank you. I appreciate you're that. You're welcome. But you're absolutely right. You're right. But I mean, I, I just don't understand why don't you do it? Why is it okay for smaller schools to seem like they have to work harder? Uh, you know, when you have, do. that's how it's always been. Yeah. But how is that any different? It, it's, I don't know. It's not. It's it, not. It, COVID it, or no COVID, it's not. It's fucked up. But yeah, you know what? Let's go, Buckeyes. Go ahead and, and, and win by 40 against Northwestern. Um, and then hopefully we don't get boat race in the first round of the playoff, air quotes around it, uh, when our pass defense let us down yet again. Right, right. Uh, en- enough about Mac and my team. Let's talk about Heather's team for a yeah, minute. Yeah, buddy. Uh, LSU announced late this evening that they were self-imposing a one-year bowl ban uh, on themselves uh, for, get this, the 2020 season. The three and five LSU Tigers who Mm -hmm. are only playing in a, who will only play in a bowl game because of name recognition and COVID throwing the rules out the window basically said Eh, we'll take this one out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's actually a direct quote. That's exactly what was said. Yeah, that, that was, so that was it, perfect, Tim. Well done. Instead yeah. of getting destroyed in the Texas Bowl, uh, yeah. they're going to save face and sit this one out. Um, all right, Tim. I would, uh, hold on, Tim. Before we go on. What led to this bowl ban? Go ahead and so, give us that. I'm, I'm yes. so glad you asked. Uh, this stems from the NCAA's investigation into improper payments from boosters, namely one Odell Beckham Jr. handing out, I think it was $2,000 to four right. players right. Uh, right after the national championship. Yeah, yeah. Um Heather, okay. I'll, I'll go. At, I'll go ahead and let you go first. Um, so um, maybe what I say might be a little controversial, a little bit of a hot take. Um, I kind of feel like this punishment kind of fits the crime because I thought, and I was getting real hot because I thought it was about something else, of something else that has been very widely reported That's uh, by coming. the school. That's coming. Oh, yeah, yeah I know yeah. that's coming. And so I was actually starting to get very heated because I thought, like, you've got to be fucking kidding me if this is what they do for that. Yeah. But for something like this, I'm kind of like, meh, you know, because, I mean, clearly the three of us both have have been on our soapboxes about how players deserve better. Players yeah. deserve to be rewarded and, and blah, 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 blah. So like kind of the more I kind of started thinking of it that way, and that could just be team loyalty. And it, that's likely what it is. It's for me, it's just kind of like, eh, okay. But I am hoping that the penalty for what the other thing that has been going on, that is far more serious I'm hoping that that penalty is more severe. Okay. Uh, Let me pose this question to you. Okay. Let me pose this question to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously I agree with Heather in that 
we're, we're all on the same page. Players deserve more. Um, Absolutely. Yes, yes. I, yeah. First off, that, that is uh, like uh, block three of the hometown crowd contract is that we stand for collegiate players being able to make some fucking money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, we got Coastal at the top. Uh, I think I forgot what number two is, but number three, number three is definitely college players should make some money. Yeah. Does anybody on this podcast honestly believe that if the LSU Tigers were seven and one and looking at going to a New Year's six bowl, that they would be self-imposing a one year bowl ban? No, no, no. And I'm realistic enough to know that. Oh, no, 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 no. First off, I want to say I appreciate you for being a fan and not a fanatic, um, you know, you could actually look at the writing on the wall I and, can. and be realistic. And I love you for it. Thank but, you. But here, here's, here's my thing is LSU's only doing this to kind of preemptively fall on the sword before the NCAA passes judgment. When it's and, not going to hurt them. Yeah. And, yeah, and exactly. that, that's what pisses me off about this is, yes, we want college players to get paid. But, you know, what we also don't need is boosters and people passing out fucking money on the sideline. We don't need that. Um, you know, and you guys know I, I'm actually quite high on Odell Beckham Jr. I love his passion for the game. I love how he just he carries himself like this is me. And if you don't like me, go fuck yourself. I love that. But. Like, come on, dude. You are not that far removed from your college days. And uh, every NCAA athlete from Division One to Division Three uh, receives multiple compliance briefings. And in every compliance briefing, I get it, it, especially, especially since SMU, come on, all right? Especially since the late 80s, every compliance briefing said, do not take money on the sidelines. That is bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. And and Odell went and did it anyway. Um, On national TV. On national TV. Yes. Yeah. Um, Right. You are um, right. And no, like I said, I I do kind of think it is a little bit of a slap on the wrist. However, again, for for this instance and for this transgression – that is on the list for LSU right now. Yeah, I, I Heather, I get what you're like. You see, what I, I'm I saying? get what you're saying. Yes, yeah. I do. I absolutely do. Um, the, but the I don't want to make light of of what they did because what they did yeah. is you shouldn't do that. And I don't want to. And I don't want to be dismissive of that because it is. It's wrong. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, but I, I think, think right now they have a bigger problem than that. Absolutely. No, but, but see, that should still be balanced. Like that should honestly, this is how I look at it. And Heather, like if, if you and I were, were we, we knew of each other when it all happened, but we weren't as close as we are now. Um, when, when Ohio State got busted before Urban Meyer took over, uh, you know, Ohio State was a multiple offender under Jim Trestle. And I said they should have shut that program down. Mm-hmm. This makes LSU a multiple offender. I mean, it does. Yeah. Let's start shutting the big programs down and showing everybody when you fuck around, when you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, you win stupid prizes, shut the program down 
and let people know when you break rules, this is what happens. Yeah. Uh, but it just so happens we're talking about the NCAA, which is led by Mark Emmert, which is the most uh, spineless and sackless man on the planet. And we're uh, talking about a Power Five team within the NCAA, exactly. which doesn't actually fall under Mark Emmert. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I was about to say. You know, it's it's you're you're talking about a Power Five conference team, yeah, because, and because of they have a different set of rules compared to everyone else. It's just stupid and it sucks, but unfortunately that's the truth and that's how it's always been. Again, because Mark Emmert is the most spineless and sackless man on the planet. Um, at this point, I would rather have Condoleezza Rice, I know she's not on the committee anymore, uh, but I would rather have her off the football the fucking playoff committee, make her the president of the NCAA, because I guarantee you, she's, like, I, I really don't like she's the woman. Shit. She's not gonna... Yeah. Yeah. But but she would put her foot down and actually put foot and ass where it needed to be put. Well, because, you know, she has actual, like, political experience and she's had people be, like, all up her ass and not. Yeah. And not she yet. can navigate that world a lot exactly. better. Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like she she would have she would be a lot more objective because she knows how to be more objective. All you guys need to know is when eventually Emmer is relieved of command. I will be applying for that job as head of the NCAA. Well, you have my vote. I'll I'll have the banners. I'll make the banners for you. So, yeah. All right. So So that that that's our yeah that's our jeers of college football. But let's give three cheers to the hometown crowd's own Coastal Carolina. Carolina They're doing so great. Uh, Coastal Carolina improved to 10-0 with a win over BYU this weekend. The high-risk move for the Chanticleers paid off big time as the team moved to number 13 in the rankings after defeating a high-profile undefeated team that they they scheduled last second. They talked about this at the halftime program between uh, between LSU and Alabama, and they were so, like glowing about coastal Carolina. And I was like, yeah, that's our team. That's our boys. First off, uh, I make good friends with the, uh, with Haley McGoldrick. All right. She's one of the co-hosts of the ball girls podcast. Uh, she's an Ohio state fan as well. Okay. Uh, but, but when she heard the big 10 was getting canceled, she hopped on what she called the Fun Belt Conference, not the Sun Belt Conference, <laughs> the Fun Belt Conference. Um, yeah, because that's and what Jim is in. And, yeah. And Heather, she's, she went with the Raging Cajuns as her Fun Belt team. Uh. Uh, I, I told her we went with, the, uh, with, with Coastal, and she's like, fuck yeah, Fun Belt, you know? And I'm sorry, Coastal has put their money where their mouth is. I don't know if you guys watched the game on Saturday, uh, but their biggest lineman is like 5'10", 280. <laughs> All, biggest offensive lineman is like 5'10", 280, and they broke 200 yards rushing against a gigantic BYU team that thought, honestly thought they were going to roll into Conway on the teal turf and throw their jock out there and win. And no, sir, no. Uh, fucking Coastal showed up, played a hell of a game, came down to a last-second stop. It was a, it was. Just, I mean, honestly, it was a, a fun game to watch. Fortunately, our team won. Yes. Um, you know that that was the game. I think I saw the final play was like 
right at the one or two yard line. Yeah, right? it was so good. It was a, so... a, a game saving tackle. That's right. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah, it was like it was like that Rams Titans Super Bowl. Like it was right there at the fucking yeah. one yard line. Yeah, it was amazing. And like, and and it's so funny because like you wouldn't think that Coastal Carolina would have like a big showing like that, but God, it was so great. Well, dude, the fact of the matter is, it, it like game day showed up there they went there and yeah. they went from they were liberty. going there when it was liberty yeah right and and liberty i'm sorry liberty is a liberty is not byu okay mm. byu you can say what you want about it byu like football's important to fucking byu that that, that is a big part of that university uh jerry falwell before he resigned dumped a lot of money into liberty football but it's not on the same level as BYU football, okay? Like, BYU, I mean, in my lifetime, and granted, I'm old as dirt, BYU has won a national championship. Um, and sometimes they, t- they tend to kind of be a sleeper. I've noticed that. Sometimes they they, 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 they can be, like, come from behind kind of sleepers on but people. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, BYU went into that game thinking they were just going to own it. Hello, James. Oh, he climbed uh, up those stairs. Uh, did you really that's put the it first time? Him? No, listen, that's the first time he's been up those stairs in months. Listen, my boy heals quickly. Okay. He actually has, but go ahead. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. James, sorry. James showed up. Number one fan yes. showed up. But BYU showed up to, to Conway thinking that they were just going to be able to show up and win that game. And, uh, Costa wasn't having it. And I, I loved it, man. I loved it. You know, even though it was like, uh, it's first off, it's a small stadium to begin with. So there's only what, there was like, what, like, I, I can't remember. Like it wasn't a, a, you know, it was like a quarter of the stands filled, but they made it loud. They made it, you know, it, it was so much fun to watch. Um, and uh, listeners, I just want you to know, I, uh, I hit the head coach up of uh, Coastal on Twitter saying, come on to the podcast. Good so hopefully, Good so hopefully, he, uh, he'll come on down. It would be great to have him in two weeks right before the Louisiana Lafayette Sun oh Belt God, Championship. Please. Oh, my God. Please. Uh, please, Tim, God. Tim. Because Tim, I hate you. The, the fun belt. The fun belt. I'm sorry. The fun belt. ULL. And, and, and number one fan, by the way, wears his Chanticleers uh, tank top. Quite proudly, so I, I believe uh, well, it's Chanticleers. It's Chanticleers. Excuse me. Um, but Heather, I have my Chanticleer shirt. You two need to catch up. Yeah. So I ordered yeah. mine. I just wore it yesterday to go run in. So I got you. All right. The last bit of college football news is that there was not a whole lot of news as all four of your top four teams in the college football playoff. Uh, rankings scored decisive wins uh, yeah. at a much needed point. Um, all four won big against their opponents. So let's move to the NFL, where the NFLPA is currently not pushing for a playoff bubble despite the rising cases and despite the periodic issues that teams have faced this season. Uh, most recently, the Baltimore Ravens have been dealing with issues with Des Bryant testing positive just before Tuesday's game against Dallas. Yep. Um, and, and, and then probably just... retiring. 
Uh, I, no, he just said he's sitting out the rest of the season. That could be a retirement. I don't know. The Browns have had issues with it. The Titans have had, you know, multiple times have had to shut down, uh, you know, their practice uh, areas. Like, this, you know, we talked about it before. It's going to be, it's almost impossible for the NFL to have to, uh, to set up a bubble. It really is. Um, the rosters are too big. You're not going to be able to get that many fields available in one spot. Um, you know, it, it's just, but it, something's got to give, man. Uh, yeah. You know, this isn't what we're seeing in the college ranks and the pro ranks. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, yeah. And I don't know if you guys saw the study, but 15% of the collegiate athletes, the football players that have come down with it, ha- are having uh, continuing lung and heart problems now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, like, that's, you're asking 18, which, 19, 21, 22-year-old kids. Which to, means people like Trevor Lawrence. Who got it? Yeah, you know, you know? Is, is going to have really bad problems with it. You know? Well, I mean, like again, it's just fifteen percent. I mean, I'm, I'm not downplaying this. I don't want anybody to get that in, in their head. I'm not downplaying it. It's fifteen percent, which, when you look at the big picture, yeah, it's small. But we're still asking fifteen, possibly fifteen percent of these kids who get exposed to this and get it to have continual problems right. as they get older, and their kids. Okay, these are these are kids that have worked their entire life to get noticed, to get recruited, to go play at these schools, to to, to play a sport that they are, are madly in love with. And when they get exposed, they can they can find out in a heartbeat that that's it. Your 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 game days are over uh, right. because if you, if you run too much, your heart could not pump enough blood out for you. Yeah. Or your lungs can't produce enough oxygen for you. You know, like mm-hmm. that makes me so bad. Um, yeah. but, but we yeah, are talking you, about the NFL right now, which which literally is just like, all right, teams take care of it, which. Yeah. OK. Do you, do you <laughs> think that there's a possibility that we could see a playoff bubble? I don't think so. I, where are you going to get the amount of stadiums in one spot? I mean, the 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 most obvious one to me would be just north of here in the Raleigh Durham area with no, the college no. stadiums. No, it would have to be Texas because if you're doing Texas a playoff bubble, if you're doing a playoff bubble, all right, you're it's gonna have to be a big bubble. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of high school stadiums in Texas that seat twenty thousand people. Uh, so if you cap it at like six or seven, because let's face it, the NFL isn't gonna not have people in the stands. They've shown that all year. Right. Um, but where are you housing all these people? NFL yeah. squads have been expanded because of COVID. You know, they, they've, you know, they're bigger than the 53-man rosters right now. Like, where, where are you putting all these people? You know, like, it just, it's not going to work the same way. Like, the NBA, it's not going to work the way the NBA did it, you know? No. Uh, no, because you know. clearly they've proved that they can't do that, so. Yeah, because yeah. you're looking it at knows. close to 1,000 players just for the playoffs. 14 teams and that's not even counting coaches and staff that's just players in in front office and the ownership like come on man if you if you tell okay if you say if you look at an owner and say listen we're doing a bubble we're doing it outside of dallas um you can only have four thousand people in the stands are you really going to tell an nfl owner uh you can't bring your family and friends with you right fuck no because goodell is in their pockets you know what I mean? Like it just, 
like I, it's such a like I, it's like a catch twenty two. We're between a rock and a hard place here because we're so happy to have football, and we are, but we all know this is probably not going to end well. Probably not. <laughs> nope. You know, You're right? You are correct. Uh, well, uh, looking back at this past week, a couple of big games, my Browns finally got that signature win that they've been needing. Um, yes. Things are starting to look up for Cleveland, who improved to 9-3 and three with a 41-35 win against the Titans. Of course, they promptly played exactly half of a game. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, and this isn't even Stefanski's fault. Joe Woods played a fucking soft zone the rest of the game, and he let... Uh, Tannen Hill getting back into it. But I'll, I'll tell you right now, the Browns defense did a great job of slowing down. Uh, they played uh, rush defense the way I haven't seen them play it ever this season, uh, slowing down Derrick Henry. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we could all agree that the Browns offensive line went from a horrible weakness to a really good, not great, a really good, uh, uh, you know, plus on that team. Um, I wrote... You know, for the, the Browns website I wrote for that Baker needed to have a big game that against Tennessee. And look what he went and did. Yeah. Uh, you know, now granted, Tim, uh, you are a Browns fan. I, I write for Browns fans. You Browns fans are a bunch of bitchy people. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh. oh, dear. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a Browns fan. The Browns have a soft spot in my heart because... Northeast Ohio is home, but holy fuck, if you are so like bipolar about Baker Mayfield, the guy can't do it, but he bought into Stefanski's offense, which is hand the ball off, work off play action, make plays where you can. Okay. That's exactly what he did. Exactly. Tennessee. And Browns fans are still bitching about him. And I'm yes, like, but do not loop me in with them, sir. Do not loop oh, me in with them. No, you're going to be looped in with them. You're a Browns fan. I, I will sit here and tell you that Baker Mayfield is not a Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, absolute stud of a quarterback. But you know what he is? He's a quarterback that is doing this year what he needs to do to win. First off, you don't need him to be either three. No, any of you those don't. Guys. And they okay. prove that. But, but there's a lot of talent in that kid. Yes, he's there got is. An offensive line he could finally play behind. Uh, he's on his like 68th head coach since he joined the league, yes. and is uh, 72nd, you know, offensive coordinator. So, you know that that's not what you would call a recipe for success. I have never uh, been down on Baker Mayfield. Me, as the Browns analyst and writer, I trust in the Stefanski product. And if that motherfucker doesn't win head coach of the year. There is something horribly wrong, yeah. Uh, you know, with the voting, because yeah. Stefanski's done an amazing job. I have never been down on Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, especially this year, especially with Kevin Stefanski, has shown nothing but growth over the Freddie Kitchens offense and the Hugh Jackson offense. Well, and it's not. It's all. It's of not that. even that. It's the fact that Stefanski told him, "I'm not asking you to go out and win games now. Right. Look at the backfield we have." We're gonna we're gonna, you know, work uh, Hunt and Chubb, especially Chubb. Jesus Christ, I'm telling you right now, Nick Chubb, uh, that's a top three running back in the goddamn NFL. 
Now, if we could just get the guy to smile just a little bit. <laughs> Heather, he doesn't smile. He had uh-huh. like the, the dude does not crack a smile. No, um, he's but it's like, completely focused on the game. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and keep in mind, like, he's just, he's, he's amazing. Like, uh, Nick Chubb is, uh, you know, I wrote an article comparing him and Derrick Henry, and there's no reason any men their size should move the way they do. It, it's against the laws of nature. Uh, I appreciate them both, and I am blessed as a football fan to watch them both run the fucking ball. Um, but I'm telling you right now, Tim, that Browns team looks like, hopefully Joe Woods can get off a fucking soft zone and just play a lot of pressure like he did uh, uh, the game before Tennessee. Like, come on, man. Don't let up. Do not let up. You you, you know what, though? That soft zone only works when you have a defense that can stop it. Stop the ball at all. The the Cleveland Browns defensive backfield isn't what you would call good. Right. Next year, maybe you can play a soft zone once in a while when you have Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit back there and you have Denzel Ward back there. But no, you have, and then you, you and have then Andrew you, Sandejo. Yeah. And then when you burn a second and a fourth rounder, maybe even a fifth two to add some depth to it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. That, then you can look at a soft zone. But right now, especially against Tennessee, uh, Cleveland is doing the best defense is a good offense. Yeah. Well, and I, putting up 38 points in the first half is fantastic. It was amazing. And listening to Jim Donovan call it was even better. So um, let's move on to the other great piece of news. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan and that so is literally that Pittsburgh, just you, but go ahead. The Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> dropped their first game of the year. Falling yep. to eleven and one with a loss against the Washington Football That's Club. So great! It's so great. <laughs> My coworker <laughs> at work has avoided me all week. Wait, who? Who has? My coworker. Oh, your coworker. coworker. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because he is a Steelers fan, and I told him on Monday afternoon how hard I was going to laugh if Washington just happened to pull this game out, mm-hmm. and then they did. And I immediately just sent him three laughing emojis, and I have not seen him since. Um, <laughs> he is avoiding me like the plague that is ravaging this country. <laughs> Ooh, good analogy. Very, um, very nice. I absolutely love watching the Pittsburgh Steelers lose to Alex Smith, the comeback player of the year. Listen, the listen, I really love the meme that you sent about, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers losing to a team with no name. Yeah. Like yes. just that's that's fantastic. Absolutely. And if I'm Kevin Stefanski, I am studying that game tape over, oh, yeah, over for sure. and over. And the players oh. are already watching that because it just goes to show that the Pittsburgh Steelers are beatable. And there's a game, a week 17 matchup coming up against them that has a very, it's an outside shot, but a very distinct possibility of being for the division. Yeah. Pittsburgh has a very tough schedule coming up. They still have games against Buffalo and Indianapolis before they play Cleveland. Uh, Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. I was actually pulling up their schedule. Uh, I don't remember yeah. who the third team is, but they got Buffalo and Indy. Um, you 
and Cleveland. Yeah, no, that's it. That's all that's left is Buffalo, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and Cleveland. Yeah, Cincinnati's the the easy one, but Cleveland has Baltimore and the two New York teams coming up. Baltimore has shown that they have weak spots. Mm-hmm. This uh, we're we're going to talk about Which, this here, and yeah, we're going to exactly. we're going to talk about this a little later in our quick picks. But this uh, is yeah, not the yeah, same that's, matchup that's that happened are. week one. Oh yeah, no, 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 um, not at all. Those are three very winnable games and could mean, you know, if if Pittsburgh stumbles against Buffalo or Indianapolis, week 17 might be for the AFC North. Uh, We'll see. It's a it's a distinct it's an outside shot, but it's a distinct possibility. And of course, you're going to bring it up. Because anything that puts, you know, know, your Browns in a favorable spotlight, of course, you're going to bring it up. Absolutely. I'm biased. Well, I mean. (laughs) Honestly, the best part of that Steelers game was Washington lost their, you know, their their stud running back. And then Alex Smith, the guy who almost had his leg cut off two years ago, uh, dropped 300 plus yards on him. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, What else do we have? Oh, perennial underperformer Carson Wentz. Has oh, been bent wow. by the Philadelphia Eagles in favor of Jalen Hurts. The $128 million lawn decoration, as I like to call him now. Yes. Now, here's here's the kicker about Carson. All right. I'm going to read something from CBS Sports. The Eagles adhered to their long-standing practice deciding key young players to contract extensions well before they could hit the open market with Wentz. When Wentz had two years remaining on his rookie contract, he signed a four-year, $128 million extension in June 2019 containing a then-NFL record $107,870,683 of guarantees. $66 million of that was fully guaranteed at signing. The deal's worth up to $144 million through salary escalators. The guarantees include $16,367,683 signing bonus and a $30 million option. The signing bonus is prorated on Philly's salary cap from 2019 through 2023. There's a $3,273,536 of proration through 2019 through 2022. And uh, another 3.2 mil roughly in 2023. The option bonus counts on the cap at $6 million annually from 2020 to 24. Here's the kicker, my friends. I just want you to know, Carson Wentz is going to count. Wentz on the bench? Yeah. Wentz on the bench is going to count at almost $50 million next year. Ooh. Oh, ouch. If he gets cut before next season, his total dead cap count against Philly sal- uh, salary cap is going to be almost $70 million over two years. Jesus, mother of God. Um, well, I would just like to go on record saying that I fully expect that the Eagles are going to win out, win the NFC East, and win the Super Bowl because Wentz is on the bench. Well, I mean, that's what happened last time. Um, right. 
<laughs> I mean, I realize that Jalen Hurts is no big dick Nick, but Wentz is not playing anymore, and therefore I expect the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. No, I, I just I think when you oh, have Jesus, two, really okay when you have I'm being you know, facetious. Yeah, I was gonna say you know mm-hmm. he doesn't believe that because he's a Browns fan. It's his okay. Year. Yeah, I was gonna say okay. Go ahead. Um, but like that's that's the thing. You have two years left on his rookie deal. Two years left. You play it out. You play that shit out. Um, I mean, I, I think Jimmy Jones has kind of screwed the pooch on his dealings with Dak. But he played four years through Dak's, you know, all, all four years of Dak's uh, rookie contract, right? And before the season, Dak hadn't been hurt the way Wentz is always hurt. Always. You can count on very few things in life. Death, taxes, Carson Wentz is getting hurt. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, but, shit. The, I mean, the way it's going, or Drew Brees getting hurt in a season. So, well, I mean, Drew—that's Bre- an age thing. Yeah, Drew Brees is forty. He's going through brittle bone disease right now. Okay, um, I'm and, just and, saying it. That's that's how it, it's been the last few seasons. So. Then again, it doesn't help when a 300 plus pound man falls directly. No, it does not. But anyways, go ahead. It breaks every bone in your rib cage. I digress. I digress. Go ahead. But yeah, like Carson Wentz, I, I, I would have said this uh, in that draft year. He had a less steep curve than Josh Allen. Uh, but I really think Josh Allen uh who I'm going to eat my crow right now. Mm. Uh, and I've, I've probably eaten Did a you couple put it in a pie or a casserole? Straight up raw. I oh. plucked that shit and put it right in my mouth. Wow. Um, Josh Allen has shown that dude can play professional football and Carson Wentz can't. Yep. Uh, our final bit of news, uh, the New York Jets parted ways with defensive coordinator Greg Williams. Williams came under fire this week when the Jets snatched defeat from the jaws of victory against the Las Vegas Raiders, who threw a game-winning touchdown to end the game. If you think for one fucking second that was because of Greg Williams' call, you're fucking wrong. Yeah. I guarantee you he had his defense out there, or, you know, pre- prepped, to play a fucking deep prevent, and Adam Gase was like, "Nah, bitch, you better rush eight and drop three. <laughs> yeah, not nah, fam. Because nah. we need to lose this game. I need Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, which is funny because Gase isn't making it through the end of the season. He's no. not making it through. He he is not going to coach one day of fucking Trevor Lawrence in a yeah. what, do, what do you think about the rumors that it will be Cower? I've also seen that it will be Harbaugh. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. but the, the, the fact of the matter is Adam Gase is not going to be there to ruin Trevor Lawrence. He's not going to be there <laughs> um, as inept as Jets ownership is under the Johnson family. No, no, you cannot excuse Adam Gase at this point. The only way Adam Gase is getting another coaching job. I'm not talking head coaching job. I'm talking like wide receivers or offensive quality uh, consistent coach. And the NFL is if he goes to Canada for a few years, rehabs what he's done, and then gets hired on it eventually. Um, like that dude has ruined any bit of goodwill he's ever had uh, by his horrible coach. I don't know how the Jets hired him after what he did in Miami. You know, like I just, I don't fucking get it. Uh, but yeah, I'm granted Greg Williams, 
yeah, okay, that's what coordinators do. They get fired. But I'm not blaming Williams for this. I guarantee you it was Adam fucking Gase thinking he's going to get to coach Trevor Lawrence. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Lawrence was like, nah, bitch, I'm staying for my senior year. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) But he'll end up at the Jets anyway. Oh, bro, I don't know, man. I don't know. This is the NFL. Things get weird year to year. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's say we pick some games, huh? Okay. All no. right. Quick update on the standings. We have another change at the top. I uh, I went five and two this week and overtook Heather, who went three and four. <sighs> I stand at 48 and 35. Heather's one game behind at 47 and 36. Uh, six games behind Heather. Mac, who also went three and four, sits at 41 and 42. Yeah, eat, mm. a, eat, eat a dick. Uh, <laughs> so starting in college football, UNC at Miami. Miami is a three and a half point home favorite. Mac, let's start with you. Who do you like? Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I really like Hal uh, from UNC. Um, and I also like what Mac Brown is doing there. Um, I, I looked at the defensive metrics. Neither of them are really good defensively. Um, but... You have Hal, who's able to make big pass plays, and Carolina runs the ball pretty well. I'm going Carolina in this one. Um, I, I just, I, I'm, I, I can't talk shit about Mac anymore, man. Um, I've picked against him a couple times uh, in various, uh, you know, pickums, and uh, I'm not doing it this time. Uh, I really like the Eric King, but I just think that Carolina's got a good offense, and they can they can go uh, shot for shot. So. Let's give me the Tar Heels in this one. All right. And Heather? Um, I'm going to go the opposite. And I went with Miami because I like Miami at Miami. And I don't particularly like picking Mac Brown. So. Well, with my tie-breaking vote, I am going to side with Mac against my best interests. Um. You did it on purpose. Yeah. Uh, no, I've, I've, I have my picks in here already. So I, I like what Mac Brown's doing in UNC. Um, he's playing competitive football. He's got UNC playing competitive football. I'm, I'm going with the Tar Heels. We're the hometown crowd. I'm going to pick the hometown team here. Yeah, I mean, he, he really just coaches awesome in Carolina. The guy wins in Carolina. No, he couldn't do it in Texas, that's for sure. Well, I mean, he he did okay in Texas, but I think the game kind of passed him by at a certain point, and now he's surrounded himself with great, you know, good coordinators, and uh, he's he's getting kids excited about playing Carolina football. I mean, (laughs) we haven't seen that since he was there the first time. So I just I really I really like what he's doing. All right. Our second game, and Heather, we'll start with you on this one. The University of South California, USC, is a three-point favorite on the road against UCLA. Oh, my God. Like... Heather, I had the same reaction when Tim put this one up there. Okay, yeah. Like, I I didn't even bother, like, doing research, like, for real research, that, like, what I normally do. I just I just went with USC because I thought they had the better record. All I'm right. not even going to lie because I that's how little I cared about this game. Yeah, I mean, Jim Mora left UCLA Barron, and Chip Kelly hasn't really – done any better um and even though uh uh helton 
he recruits this great talent and he doesn't know how to coach it, it's USC still a much more talented team. Uh, so I went with the Trojan, uh, Trojans on this one. And uh, I just want you to know, Southern Cal is the only USC uh, because fuck South Carolina. Um, we only stand for one rooster-oriented football team on this podcast, and that's the Chanticleers. So, and we only we only stand for one South Carolina team. Exactly. 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 Yeah. There's fuck only room Clemson. for one in this podcast. It's because so. Conway is still in our backyard. Yep. We 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 got one tiger, and it's not Clemson. We got one South Carolina team, and it's not. USC or South Carolina or Clemson. Yep. It's CCU and LSU. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's That's right. Win-win. It's win-win for everybody. Okay. All right, Mac, let's turn to the big 10 where Wisconsin is a single point favorite on the road at Iowa. I I, I don't understand how Wisconsin is a favorite after last week. Uh, They looked like shit. Um, Iowa's always like every year they won a surprise game. Uh, I think this will be it. I, I just think they're playing better football. I like Iowa better. Uh, so give me give me the Hawkeyes. And Heather? Um, same. I also went with the Hawkeyes. Um, also, too, I think, and I think part of my, dis- my, my pick in that, too, was that uh, Wisconsin has lost the last, like, five games that they've played. Like, they have just done shit this uh, year. And, and this is being played – you know, at Iowa Stadium, and I just I liked Iowa for yeah. this one. Um, I have a rule, and everybody on this rule knows: if it's a close game, where do I default? It's the home team. The home team, yep. The home team. I'm going with the right. Hawkeyes, uh, and not only because I'm still in love with their tradition of waving to the hospital, um, but because these are two teams that I it really could go either way. So I'm going to give home field advantage to Iowa. Uh, and that brings us to Navy at Army. <laughs> Army is a five and a half point favorite in in the uh, in the big game. Heather, let's start with you. Um, I went Army on this one. Um, I think they've just. <laughs> I mean, to be perfectly honest, who really cares? But they've they've just had a better season so far. So that's why I went with Army. All right, and Mac. I just wanted to preface everything with I did put my coastal shirt on, so mm. I'm I'm rocking my Chanticleers gear. Um, but yeah, definitely Army. Um, if even if Army sucked, I'm going to take Army uh, because that's where I served. And no, I didn't go to the point, but. Uh, I served with again. A lot of- it, yeah, it's it's big brother, big brother, little brother. Yeah, I I, I did, yeah. but see, Army's playing good football. Bringing in Jeff Monken as the head coach, uh, they stick to their game plan. Um, they're winning. You know, they they've done nothing but uh, honestly, they've they've won more games than they've lost since Monken got there. Uh, Numatalolo is is a he doesn't have the teams he's typically had at Navy. Uh, you know, so give me army, give me army. Um, and I'm actually going to wear one of my old army organizational shirts <gasps> on Saturday. What? So I, you didn't oh, burn them all? No, I kept a few. Uh, oh. 
they got they they had people's names on it, so I wasn't going to do that. Okay, I'm well, I'm going to call yeah. bullshit on that claim that you're going to wear that shirt because at that same time is uh, Coastal Carolina playing against Troy. Hey, guess what? I can switch at halftime, my friend. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so. I've I've got Army as well. Um, no real reason, just a personal bias. Uh, yep, having exactly. also served in the Army. Yeah. Yeah, so if you really, we can't sum the hate up correctly, but if you want to see what the hate really is, get on Twitter and look at cadet Twitter. Oh, God. And see the pithy tweets that Army cadets are putting out about Navy. They always are so much better. So go with that. All right, turning to the NFL. Indianapolis is a two-point favorite at Las Vegas in a game that has big wild card implications. It does. Uh, Mac, who do you like here? Honestly, we saw Vegas uh, need Adam Gase to personally interfere to make sure the Jets lost for the Vegas uh, Raiders to win. Uh, I, you know, Indy still has a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. The defense is still pretty good. Um, you know, Carr's kind of fell back to earth from his, his early uh, season start. So give me the Colts. Um, oh. I, I just don't think... Uh, Vegas's defense can stop Indy's offense. Okay, Heather. Um, I actually went with Vegas um, because I think that uh, Carr and Jacobs are just really clicking right now. And so, yeah, that's that's why I went with Vegas. And with the tiebreaker on this one, I am siding with Heather. Uh, I've got Las Vegas in this one. I don't really trust Derek Carr, but I really, really don't trust old man rivers. Um, that was yeah, also, I, that was one of my big things was, was rivers. Uh, hey, his stats are awful. Hey so. Tim, I do appreciate the old man rivers, uh, illusion there. I like yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm going Vegas in this one. Uh, another game with some possible playoff inv- implications, Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Buffalo was entering this one at home, a two and a half point favorite. And I can't help but think that uh, Vegas is really down on Pittsburgh after losing to Washington. Heather, who do you pick here? I actually I went with Pitt on this one because I think that they are going to be hella salty about what happened last week. Um, but I will say that um, I, I think that if there is a team to try to pull out a another loss for them, it would be Buffalo. Because it was just a couple of weeks ago that we were talking like, why the fuck are we even talking about Buffalo right now? So, but I, I think that they are just going to be really salty about losing to the Washington football club. And I think they're going to bring it on on uh on buffalo so that's that's who i went with all right mac uh well i'm gonna completely disagree with heather on this one um because we lit into buffalo in like week four or five when they played the chiefs um i i think we could all agree that the chiefs are one of those fucking amazing teams um and they have patrick mahomes who just seems to will his team to win so um but Washington provided the blueprint on how to beat Pittsburgh. They really did. Um, and 
Buffalo was playing great football. Um, again, Josh Allen has shown he is a pro quarterback. He is a pro quarterback. He's got Stephon Diggs at wide out. They've got a good running game. Their defense may not be as strong as it has been in past years when their offense was awful. But, I mean, this Buffalo's a good team. Uh, you know, I'm a Pats fan, and I was high on Buffalo when we did our division picks. Buffalo was going to win the East um, in the AFC. So I went with Buffalo in this one. Um, Pittsburgh's got a lot of holes. Um, and if, you know, Big Ben is not on top of his game, which he hasn't been. He's, he's nursing a knee injury. Uh, Connor is coming off of the, the COVID list. You know, I mean, and I just think right now, Buffalo's got the hot hand. So I'm going with Buffalo. You know what? This is why, Mac, you can't take two weeks off anymore because we're not on the same wavelength anymore. And I don't like it. <laughs> I don't appreciate it at all. Well, once again, I get to cast the tie-breaking vote, and I'm starting with Mac on this one. Um, bless America. I, I think Pittsburgh does come into this game pissed, but I don't know. Pittsburgh has been propped up. They got to 11-0 on a very weak schedule. They they have a very tough schedule coming up. We talked about that earlier. They've got Buffalo, they've got Indy, and they have Cleveland to finish out the season, and that's not an easy stretch. Um I think Washington may have paved the way for a little bit of a downslide going into the playoffs. And I'm I'm going with Buffalo on this one. And some yeah. of that may be biased because I want Pittsburgh to lose this one. I mean, listen, listen, I, I really kind of want I I just I want I want Pittsburgh to lose on principle just because I hate Pittsburgh. But in this matchup, if I had to pick like yeah. yeah um what is likely to be the game of the week uh a rematch from week one in a game that is not going to look anything like week one we have a pick em between baltimore on the road in cleveland and mac you are our browns expert go ahead and start us off i'm going to tell you right now the browns can run on anyone on anyone. Um, I think they have the momentum now. Week one is never a good barometer, uh, especially when you don't have a preseason, you know, like when you don't have summer practices, you know, that, that first week was kind of a toss up, right? Um, but I like what Stefanski's willing to do. If he's not going to burn you through the air, he's going to beat you up on the ground. And that uh, Browns offensive line is going to open up holes. And even if they can't, you have two running backs that make yards happen. Um, you know, Cleveland's going to have two, two running backs that bust 1,000 yards this year. Uh, and keep in mind, one of those running backs missed four fucking games in Nick Chubb. Um, you know, Nick Chubb is a top three running back in the NFL. You know, uh, and there's a lot of great names out there that you can throw at me. They're not better than Nick Chubb. They're not. Uh, Nick Chubb is a big, strong running back who's going to blow through tackles and not just blow through tackles. He's going to rip off a fucking at least a 20 yard run every other game uh, because the guy missed four games and is still the league leader in 20 yard runs. Um, now, the biggest issue for the Browns right now is that defensive backfield. Um, the only positive in that is that the Ravens don't have a wide receivers that are going to scare people. Uh, so if Denzel Ward comes back, 
Okay. It's going to make the Browns job easier, but I'm going Browns in this one. I do not think the Ravens with how they've played the last three or four weeks have what it takes to beat the Browns team that is currently playing right now. All right. Heather, who do you like? Okay. So I, okay. I just need this to be said because we didn't record this last week that Tim has lost to all of the members of the Lewis household this fantasy um, season. (laughs) So I just need to make sure that that gets put out into the universe and is known because I I find him being (laughs) a little, um, he's, he's, he's leaving that part out. So I'm just going to say that that's how I'm going to start with this. Um, however, I went with Cleveland on this game. Oh, because Lamar is uh, he's not getting consistent help on his receiving and uh, their run defense hasn't been as good of late and their pass rush uh, has been pretty limited, yeah. which I think will allow Baker to stay hot and comfortable enough at home. So I went with Cleveland on this. All right. Well, I don't think it's any surprise that I agree with you guys on this one. Uh, It is a little bit of a homer bias, but honestly, the Browns are playing really well on offense and they are playing well enough on defense to not let teams catch them. It's not great defense. Here's the kicker, though, Tim. If they cannot plan and prep for Lamar on the ground, that's going to bite him in the ass. And let's face it. We've seen the Browns linebacker play. Mac Brown or uh, Mac, uh, Mac Wilson might not play this weekend because of a concussion. Okay. Okay. BJ Goodson is the only linebacker worth his salt outside of Mac Wilson. Okay. Taki okay. uh, Taki had a great game against Philly. And then well, it kind of fell back down to earth against Tennessee. Okay. Like they need that back seven to play out of their minds to prep for Lamar on the ground yeah. Be- because go ahead and cover his, cover his receivers deep. And there's not, there, there, there's not a big deep receiving threat for the Ravens. You know, there, there really isn't, but go ahead and cover his receivers. What can he, what does he do almost better than any other quarterback in the NFL? He picks up great yards on the ground. Yes. And it, you know, look at what Dobbins did last week. Like he rushed his ass off. So, you have to be prepped for that. You have to be prepped for that. So I, I am. I'm still. I'm still bull, You know, bullish on the Browns. Trust me. Yes. Uh, but they. The. You know, Joe Woods has to be prepped for that. He has to be prepped for that, because yes. if you give Lamar an inch, if you give him an inch, he's going to take fucking 15 yards every fucking time. Yeah. Um, but going back to what I was saying. Sorry, Jim, uh, I didn't mean that. The, the offense has been playing lights out lately. The defense has been bending but not breaking to the point where they, they're, they're allowing the offense to do what they need to do. The offense took Derrick Henry out of the game last week. Oh, yeah, dude, it was great ball control. Great ball and control. And this is, this is not week one. Week one, we got steamrolled by Baltimore in yeah. a game that was very different. We had a brand-new head coach putting together a team with a 
odd off season and no preseason. And they came out and just looked flat. And this yeah. is not the Cleveland team that we saw week one. Uh, I think this is a close game, but I think Cleveland can do enough to get out there. And I look for Baker to really step up and make some big throws. Dude, we, we don't need to make a lot. Uh, I, I trust in Chubb. I, that, that's where it all comes down to. Uh, Nick Chubb can take over a game real quick. You, you might be able to shut him down for a quarter, but you're not shutting him down for the whole game. Yeah, you know? maybe, maybe a half, but that second half, you're you're tired. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's, brings, he's a gigantic man who has Usain Bolt speed. It's <laughs> not okay to you know. It just it's it's ridiculous. He's he's a fucking X man, is what he is. Okay, and he's that a, brings us to our pick of the week. Andy Dalton returns home with the Dallas Cowboys to take on the Joe Burrow-less Cincinnati Bengals in a game that oh, literally Tim, Tim, nobody Tim. cares about. Tim, that was fucking rude, bro. I'm Just... with on this one. That was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, we'll start with you. Do you want? Do you like Cincinnati or Dallas in this um, one? I literally only picked Dallas because of number one fan. So that that is my pick. He was the inspiration behind the pick. So that because I I didn't even bother looking up notes for it, looking stats for it. None of it. Nope. I will always defer to like personal relations, personal relationships with people and, and, and how it goes. And yeah, I just went with Dallas because I love my husband. So Mac. Well, Dallas still has Zeke. And as much as we like to talk shit about uh, the uh, strong-armed ginger that is Andy Dalton, he's still better quarterback than what since he's got. Um, Which is, and I don't, what, Ryan Finley? I don't know if you've noticed, but Cincinnati doesn't have an offensive line. Uh, they have what we call turnstiles that just let people through. Uh, so I'm going with Dallas in this one. Um uh, th- this should also tell you everything about how tough Joe Burrow is, um, is the fact that that guy got the shit beat out of him, was the presumptive rookie of the year favorite before his offensive line did such a shit job, they allowed him to get drilled. So uh, if I were the spendthrifts that are the Brown family that owns the Bengals, I'm docking every one of those five assholes uh, pay for a game for what they did to Joe. Um, and then at the end of the season, I'll cut them and build a gigantic space catapult and shoot them into the sun for what they did to the fucking franchise quarterback. All right. And in a non entertaining uh, finish, I also have Dallas because. Andy Dalton is probably better than Ryan Finley and Ezekiel Elliott is definitely better than yeah, Gio Bernard. Hey Tim, do you know who also is better than Ryan Finley? Your former upstairs neighbor. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Luke Falk. How's he doing? Has uh, have we checked on him lately? We should at least send him like a a care package. To let Some, him know we still we, love him. You know what? We need to see if he's on like like the the tree, you know, if 
for, you know, when you can like donate presents to somebody, yeah. we need to see if he's on a tree somewhere. Just send him, send him a football. <laughs> something, just something. I am sure he is doing just fine. Um, Heather, you said you have a little bit of wrestling news. I do. I do. Um, kind of sad wrestling news. Uh, just this past uh, week was the death of Pat Patterson. No. Uh, died. Yes. And he was um, a gay man that was successful in a sport, in a straight man sport. Wait, essentially. Wait. Pat Patterson was a gay dude? Yes, he was. He was openly gay. He was actually with his partner for almost for actually 40 years, exactly 40 years. You know what? Good for Pat. Good for yep. fucking Pat. Yep. And um, he is he's the creator of the Royal Rumble. And um, was yeah, it, was it Pat like the first uh, like he was like one of the first few intercontinental champs, too, right? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, he um, he was Vince McMahon's pretty much right hand man. And he's one of the chief architects for the WWE uh, in helping it kind of become this global phenomenon. And so, yeah, he died um, on December 2nd of uh, liver failure caused by blood clot. But he, he had cancer of kind of an unknown thing. He wasn't super public about that. You know what? You know what? Slaunch it, Pat. Slaunch it, my friend. Exactly. Yeah. So, so definitely, you know, rest in power, Pat Patterson. So cheers. And that brings us to our final segment of the night, our fantasy update. In the final week of regular play, I won over Cheesehead Canuck despite just four points from Justin Herbert. Harrison beat Mac. James picked up another win by beating Josh. Team No Luck eked out a point one six point victory over Team Burza, and Heather lost by oh, nearly a hundred points yeah, to the French Yeah, it was bushes. bad. It was very bad. I did not have a lot to go with this but week. But that so. means that we've reached the playoffs. And well, you know what? Fuck your league's playoffs, Tim. Our Fuck league's playoffs. No, our no, league, sir. No, you're my you're my enemy at this point. Fuck uh, you. After 13 long weeks of ups and downs, four teams will compete for the hometown crowd championship in the winner's bracket. ESPN's words, not mine. Uh, I took the number one seed and will play number four Harrison for the next two weeks. While number two seed French button pushers faces number three Cheesehead Canuck in the consolation ladder. Number five team Burza takes on number six team, uh, team no luck. Number seven, Mac faces number eight, Josh, and a house divided as number nine, James, <laughs> takes on number 10, Heather. He will likely beat me a second time, but that's OK. That's OK. So that's where we stand going into the playoffs. No, this is where I stand going into this fantasy football season. I hate fantasy football mm. and I hate football and I'm going to start watching soccer. And you say uh, that every year. You say that every year, literally. No, I'm but I, pretty sure. I, I actually picked, last year. I actually picked a soccer team. So oh, Wait, you don't oh. talk about soccer. Uh, I'm cheering for for Bohemian FC right now. Listen, next thing. Listen, next year or if if this shit continues, he's gonna he's gonna pick a NASCAR driver. That's oh no! Oh no! 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 <laughs> and then okay. he'll have to apologize to AJ. I know. Um, I know. No, no so, Tim, Tim, 
AJ can gargle my nuts. <laughs> I, I'm a devout enemy of AJ until the day I die. Oh, I could be dying of cancer, and my last words out of my mouth will be, fuck AJ and his four-wheel-loving fucking, oh, take All that. Right. Okay. Shove it right okay, up your right. Heather, so now, let's wrap this up with the uh, college pick em, Yes, so the Where I forgot to make a pick until the last game. Exactly, yes. And so, But you're welcome for me to kind of help you remember that. I don't know why, but yeah. it still let me pick that game in I the second either. quarter. Yeah, I am I don't not either. okay with you guys cutting me off for disparaging AJ. Fuck that. Oh. Okay, well, I'm going to because that's my son's name. So that's I'm cutting I'm you off because we're at a, an hour and 28 minutes. I know, so. we're, we're doing really great here. So, Heather, uh, Heather so this you're is, AJ, but I hate hometown crowds, AJ. How about okay, that? perfect. Okay, so um, so the college pick is officially over. And your number one champion is yours truly, Goddamn Delight. The Goddamn Delight. With 324 points, that means, Tim, I beat you. Yes! Yeah! And I, Tim and I go back and forth. Like, we've gone back and forth probably. Yeah, how far, did, how far behind you am I? Um, you, sir, finished in third with 294 points. And you had so how many? 30 points. I had 30 points more than you. Okay, so if I had made my picks in that last week, it might have been different. It might have been Doesn't different. Doesn't matter. You still Doesn't lost, matter. motherfucker. You still lost. Yeah. Yep. Still lost. So Misty is our number two winner. All right, at Misty. 310 points, which I'm so thankful for you for beating out Tim. That's so great. And number four is Joshua at 280 points. Number one fan was actually right on his heels at 260 points. And then Mac, our taco. Who joined late. Who joined late. Four weeks late. Was our taco. And so he's our sacco. Yep. At 205 points. A very respectable 205 points. Yeah, for five weeks late, I'm not going to shake my schwanz at that. No, no, that is is very respectable. So good job. Good job. Heather, I assume you will be setting up a um, a bowl pick'em. Guys, are we? Yes, I will. Yes, I will. I will set up the bowl pick'em. Are we going to do an actual bowl pick'em again this year? Oh, God. I hope so. We'll have to set that one up because that was fun. Dude, Heather, Heather, please, can we do it? Yeah, of course. I'm going to set it up. It's just God. I'm no, I'm talking. Are we are we going to do the bowl pick on the pod? The live episode. Oh, God, I guess so. Because I mean, we yes! did last year. So why not? All right. We'll we'll set that one up. But that'll do it for this week's episode. You can find us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Get in the conversation at our Facebook group, Facebook.com slash group slash Hometown Crowd pod. You can subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. If you're an Apple listener, drop us a review and we will read it on the air. You can find us on the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Check out 910 Comedy on Facebook and check out our sister shows. That's just my face, Marital Tiffs and Dead Girls Talking. For Heather and Mac, I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. Keep in mind, I'm not, this podcast is not associated with the 910, Podi- po- 910 Comedy Podcast, but 
if you like history, listen to the You Don't Know History podcast, which I host. Yes, listen to that one. All right. And you'll learn something because I'm a – possibly – uh, but because I'm a history nerd and a history major and uh, a junior historian, listen to it if you want to learn something other than sports. But I love everybody here. Uh, Heather, it's your turn now. Oh, no. I was just going to say, be nice to each other. And remember that Santa is real. So And wear you your fucking mask. And wear your mask, as always. Have a good week. can do that mm-hmm. yes i really i just i i appreciate all those guys like i'd like to sit here and just fucking drink and talk sports with them that'd be great yeah all right cheers everybody cheers mm-hmm. it's my bottle of vodka <laughs> this, is that, my, this is my this is my that's what i make my white russians my with this new amsterdam that's the good stuff there heather i love the black cherry oh I, mm, yeah the cranberry's not bad either yeah, it's not though. Give me the black cherry. I wish they would just get rid of the mango, but Oh, see, that's the one James drinks. I don't have to drink it. James does. So oh, man, I need to get a butt, you know, like a, a You a need to get a butt? That's what uh, you need to get, really? No, I got a fat ass, but um <laughs> I need to get I need to get a, a, a partner with boobs to drink the mangoes for me and I then we'll God, this is this should have been the intro for the show right technically there. we're recording oh my god so it is great and i could i could awesome. tag it on i could tag it on <laughs> to the end of the episode after the music and all it's that perfect. it's perfect i love it mm. all right max tipsy <laughs> all right and we'll get started in five